Our second lesson today comes from the book of Psalms. I'm reading on this day, Psalm 139, a number of verses. So we listen for God's word to our hearts, to our lives, to our world. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet existed. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. So, do you think you're smarter than a fifth grader? We have some pretty smart fifth graders in our midst. How would we do in a contest where we had to answer questions against them? We also have some folks who would do pretty well because they teach fifth graders or they hang around with fifth graders or they live with fifth graders. But how about the rest of us? How do you think we would do? Actually, there is, you may know, a continuing TV show with this title. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Well-known comedian Jeff Foxworthy hosts the show and he has various contestants come on to the show to see if um, they can answer basic grammar school questions. So the game works like this. There's a small group of fifth graders who sit at fifth grade desk up on the set or the stage and the adult contestant gets to pick certain topics like second grade geography or third grade grammar or fourth grade science or fifth grade uh, math. And the fifth grade students are answering the same questions, writing them on little tablets and The contestant can get some help for the answers. If he or she gets into trouble, uh, he or she can copy an answer from a fifth grader if she doesn't or he doesn't know the answer. Or the contestant can be given an answer and be, quote, saved by one of the fifth graders. But eventually, eventually all these uh, sort of extra things run out and the contestant has to answer on their own many questions, especially to win the game and win all the money, and it always comes down to the basic question. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? So just to pique your interest, here are a few few, uh, questions. What percentage of the earth's surface is covered by water? Now, when we hear that question, we know we've heard the answer, but what is it? Can we get it right? Is it 60% or 
70% or 80%? And these aren't multiple choice answers. In the area of measurements, how many teaspoons fit into a tablespoon? Now, we know tablespoons are slightly bigger, but how much bigger? One and a half? Two times? Three times? Uh, And most of these questions are like this. How many states in the United States border the Pacific? That's tricky. What's the biggest bone in your body? Which is higher in the sky, cumulus or cirrus clouds? Carefully is an example of what kind of word? Who was the fourth president of the United States? See, these are fun and challenging questions, and generally we have some familiarity with these subjects, but getting the right answer is not always easy. So this venture becomes quite amusing, especially when comedian Jeff Foxworthy makes fun of all of us for how little we know, especially in comparison to fifth graders. The point of this reflection today is to encourage us to think about knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge is a complicated word. On the one hand, it's about facts and data. We know that. It involves learning about uh, the fourth president and the states that border the Pacific. It involves learning about science and grammar, measurements, and more. And we gain knowledge and understanding about certain things. We grow and learn and think about other things, building on what we learn. This is how learning works. Copernicus was a scientist and he built on everything that went before him. Galileo came along and built on everything that Copernicus discovered. Newton built on Galileo and Einstein built on Newton and many others continue to build on that. Facts and data and clarity about things are important as we learn and think and process information. Sometimes it's important to remember these things, this type of knowledge especially if we're hanging around fifth graders. But other times it really doesn't matter that much, does it? We don't have to keep everything in our brains all the time. Everything that we've learned, we can actually keep a chart on the fridge that says there are three teaspoons in a tablespoon. And we can do a quick Google search and discover that the fourth president is indeed James Madison. Or we can ask a fifth grader. And then there's there's another kind of knowledge. This would be knowledge that is less about facts and less about data that get poured into our heads. And it's more about what we come to value. Value in our hearts. Value in our souls. Value deeply within our lives. This would be knowledge that may be less measurable. And actually more transforming for us. It's less something that can be memorized. Maybe pieces of it can be. But generally it's something more that we experience. It is something that is conveyed to each of us through care. And nurture. And community. It's something that is gained from love and then is lived out from the core of our beings. Something that proves to shape us and guide us every day of our lives. Today we had 
two baptisms around our font with the newest members of our church, the Boyles family. Baptism, as you heard me, wants to confirm the knowledge that we are created and called and loved and sustained by God. This intends to frame our living. It's not just information for our ears. It is sustenance for our souls. It intends to be life-giving. In fact, life-altering. Life-altering news that gives bedrock foundation for how we live our lives. It is a celebration, baptism, and God's love of the truth that gives orientation to our living. We celebrate this transforming news by gathering today with Kate and with Charlie and Josh around this fun, and we recall the life-giving news for all of our lives. And we strive to support one another in community. We pray for each other. We help each other have this news take deep roots in each of our lives so that we can live as God's people and serve God and love one another and love on these streets and as far as God takes us. We don't just move through our days. We live our lives trusting God's presence and trusting God's promises. And we seek to participate with God in the coming of God's reign, which is promised, which is certain. This is how we orient our lives and this is how we live. Claimed, loved by God, we seek to serve God every day of our lives. So knowledge involves facts and data and insights that we learn in school, like the fifth grade. And it also involves knowledge about more things. God's love that never lets us go. God's love that prevails forever. Knowledge involves God's promises. Knowledge involves God's claim on us that shapes our lives. Knowledge also involves some sense of God holding us and sending us on a certain path, growing in life and faith and fellowship so that our lives take a certain shape. We follow Jesus. We embody Jesus' ways and Jesus' love. And we seek to serve and work for God's greater purposes wherever we find ourselves on any given day. This is who we are. This is what we're about. This is how we live. And actually, this is the essence of our two scripture passages today. Ephesians reminds us that we have been blessed by God from the foundation of the world. We have been given an inheritance that is ours. We've been adopted as God's beloved. All this is a free gift of God that's meant to change us. And then Psalm 139, one of my very favorite psalms, covers us in this news again. In the fact that such knowledge is too wonderful for me, the psalmist says. And the knowledge is how fully God's love encompasses our lives and how comprehensive God's care remains forever. 
God knows when we sit down and when we rise up. God knows our deepest thoughts and our gravest concerns. God knows where we are and what we're dealing with. Indeed, there is nowhere we can go when God is not with us. Even the darkness is not dark to God, the psalmist says. Do you see how this knowledge is not just data for our ears? Something else to memorize, but sustenance for our souls? Do you sense how this knowledge is just a not, it's not just another fact that can be attained and remembered or not? This is life-giving, path-altering, transforming news that wants to set the course of every day. Every day of our lives and sustain us forever. And especially on this day when we're thinking about our mothers. I love that phrase from verse 13. It was you, O Lord, who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So we celebrate our mothers. More than that, we celebrate God's boundless love that is working through our mothers and working through every means to claim us and sustain us and love us forever. The point of this psalm, as Dr. Jim Mays, who's not here today but is usually here, confirms in his commentary on the psalms, is the absolute relational nature of our lives with God. Our life and our God are inextricably connected. We were knit together by God in our mother's wombs, There's nowhere we can go when God is not with us. Our lives are grounded by God. The purpose of our lives is to love God and serve God. Now, why is this so important to talk about today? For you, for me. Just why is this such critical news? Here's what I know. Just like the percentage of the earth covered by water... Or the name of the fourth president might just slip away from us. We let foundational and formative knowledge about our life knit together by God also slip away from us. Just as we might falter in the difference between cumulus and cirrus clouds. Or we might get confused about whether carefully is an adverb or an adjective. We sometimes have trouble Staying grounded in the knowledge of God's promises and God's presence and God's everlasting care. Across the last weeks, we've been focused on the terror in Boston. And two guys, maybe more, who seem to want to harm innocent people and create fear in our society. The conversation spins on and on, and there are indeed legitimate concerns and serious questions that need answers. But what gets easily lost in all of the conversation, in all of the fear, is the important and the intended intimacy of Psalm 139. O Lord, 
you have searched me and you know me. You know my paths. You watch over everything about my life. The fears of life take center stage. And this psalm is trying to remind us that the faith that we've been given is meant to take center stage. Or maybe it's something a bit closer. We have important conversations going on about gun violence. We come into these conversations with various life experiences and perspectives. We have opinions. We have passions. We have worries. We have fears. And in the midst of the conversation and the discussion and the debate, we drift away from the formative relational life that is characterized in this psalm. Search me, O God. Search me and know my heart so that our lives can keep going in your ways. When life is lived in God's presence and sustained by God's promises and peace and purposes, we seek always to go not just the way we want to go, but God's way toward wholeness and hope. And this would be on the subject of guns and gun violence or any other controversial issue that we might be struggling with. Or maybe this is even more personal and more perplexing for you. We each find ourselves in seasons of heartache and uncertainty, confusion and doubt. We toss and turn in the night. We wrestle with pain, physical pain or heartache. Or we find ourselves overcome with worry. This is part of what happens to us as human beings. It is. Life can get quite hard and life can get most complicated. And the psalmist, this psalmist, is speaking in tones that want to recenter us, recenter us from our anxieties and our issues and our doubts and our worries and recenter us in God's presence and God's care. The psalmist wants us to recall essential truths that redeem our life. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which is a, a description of the worst place we could be, you are there, God. If I take the wings of the morning, means I try to fling myself as far away from God as I can get and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold me fast. That's the message. The gospel. Indeed, even the darkest darkness of our lives is not too much for God. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, he says. So if you came to hear the good news today, I hope you're hearing it. If we need to hear good news for our bad news world, it's in this psalm. So as we promise to support the Boyles family and their life as disciples, as we keep striving to encourage each other in the journey of life, faith, discipleship, let's work on finding life and hope in God's abiding love that never lets us go. And let's work at living out this knowledge, living it out in ways that make a real difference with the people we encounter, the work we do, Life on the street, life across this city, life across this world. Let's seek to work for God's purposes because our God 
never lets us go. That's good news. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray. Such knowledge is too wonderful, O God. Pour your spirit and your light into us for new life, new hope, new commitment, following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.